A couple years back, uh, Wendy walked out the door on her way to work, just kind of like a typical day, right? And within minutes, she was back. Usually what that means is she's forgotten her phone, she's forgotten something, but when she walked in, her face said something completely different. She looked at me and she said something to this effect, um, babe, I just backed into your car. Now, without even thinking, I go shooting out the door. I am not looking at her back bumper or my front bumper. I simply threw my hands up in the air in the driveway and screamed out, unbelievable. And the win for me was I was actually filtering out a lot of stuff that I could have said, but I didn't. But what I really accomplished in that moment was I made Wendy feel about that tall like possibly the most incompetent driver on the face of the planet. See, I made a judgment call about her driving abilities in the moment. And I think I also made a judgment call about her personally. You ever been there? Have you ever um, seen somebody do something and it caused you to want to scream out, unbelievable? Uh, I think we all have. And, and could I even suggest that if you can't think of a moment right now over the next couple weeks as we spend a whole lot more time together as families in small enclosed rooms, we're gonna have more of those moments. Truly today, we need to hear the words of Jesus as we turn to the next section of the Sermon on the Mount. You know, we're going through this series called Win, Win, and we're talking about when we do certain things, we will win in the kingdom. We're not citizens of this land. We're kingdoms of, we're citizens of the kingdom. And, and so today in chapter seven, Jesus is gonna start really hitting relationships and he's gonna get really practical. I, I know that we're tuned in all around our city and our county, possibly our state, our nation. There, there may be some of you that are on right now from another country. And I'm going to ask if we could do something together. Could we just read Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6 together? I'm going to give you a second to find it on your phone or to find it in, in your Bible. If you don't have either, any of those, we're going to put these words on the screen for you. Um, I, I, just want, I want us to share together in this. Let's read it together. Are you ready? Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Now, before we talk through two thoughts just based on this passage of scripture, um, let me clear up the most misunderstood verse in the entire Bible. It is Matthew chapter seven, verse one, which says, don't judge or you two will be judged. You've probably heard people quote it like this, Thou shalt not judge, or don't judge me. I thought you were a Christian. Christians can't judge. Any one of those types of, of phrases you've probably heard. Obviously, I want you to know that that's not what Jesus meant. If he meant that, then verse six would not be in the Bible. Immediately after saying, don't judge, or you too will be judged, Jesus actually tells us to put on our thinking caps 
and make a judgment call about what to throw to dogs and what to throw to pigs and and that requires us making judgments so what i want you to see is this what jesus is saying is not should we judge but how should we judge listen to this quote from um, a biblical commentator warren wearsby he says this the pharisees judged and criticized others to make themselves look good but followers of jesus should judge themselves so that they can help others look good Jesus wants us to learn how to judge without being judgmental. And listen, there's a big difference between the two. Here's your big idea today, and then we're gonna just take a couple minutes and walk through a few, just a few thoughts. If it's true that we are to judge, we are gonna be making judgment calls in this life, then we need to judge with our eyes on the cross and with our hearts full of grace. We need to judge with our eyes on the cross and our hearts full of grace. So let's talk about eyes on the cross. Matthew chapter seven, verse two. We just read it. Jesus said, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. So let me ask you this question. In what way should we judge, right? And I'm gonna suggest we should judge with our eyes focused clearly on the cross. And here's why. Number one, the seat of judgment was not made for us. We're not the judge. So when we look at the cross, we realize, wait a second, I, I have no place to sit in that seat of judgment on you. Because here's the second thing the cross reminds us of. All of us needed and still need the cross. Romans 3.23 says this, that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So when I look at the cross, when my eyes are focused on the cross, I begin to clearly see who I am in light of who God is. Jesus starts to hammer this point home with this crazy word picture. He talks about how um, we're actually walking around with planks in our eyes. If you could just picture like this huge piece of wood sticking out from my eye. And as I'm trying to help you with the stuff in your eye, this little small speck in your eye, I, I can't even see it because this plank is just in my way and it's bouncing and bumping into stuff. And Jesus is saying, like, look, if you've got that plank in your eye, you can't see clearly to help anybody else. And so the way to remove that plank is to look at the cross. Because when we look at the cross, we suddenly realize that we don't see ourselves correctly. Have you noticed that we tend to judge others more harshly than we judge ourselves? I know when I think about that story I told you about Wendy, you know, it wasn't much longer after I had run out and screamed, unbelievable, because she backed into my car, which by the way, caused no damage to my car nor hers. It wasn't, it wasn't much longer, maybe a couple months later, Wendy's mom was visiting and I had gone out to take Sydney to school. I had my cup of coffee in my hand and I put that car in gear and I hit the gas pedal and all of a sudden, bam, and there was coffee going everywhere. And Wendy, Sydney and I looked at each other like, what, what just happened? And then I realized, I had backed into Wendy's mom's car. The very thing that I had judged Wendy about, I had just done. Now, to Wendy's credit, she could have walked out and she could have simply said, unbelievable, but she didn't. Shows you kind of comparison, right? Me and Wendy, which one of us may be a little, a little bit more like Jesus. But what I learned that day is that I had judged her harshly and then I ended up doing the exact same thing. When we look at the cross, 
we realize when our eyes are on the cross, we realize that all of us are equal at the cross. There's not one of us at the cross that can stand up taller than the other and say that I'm better than you. I didn't sin as much as you did because Romans 3.23, again, is clear. We have all sinned and fallen short. And you know what else? Something interesting happened at the cross. Jesus hung on the cross and he spoke these words. He said, it is finished. And in the Greek, the word for it is finished is tetelestai. And it literally means paid in full. I don't know if you've ever had something on layaway and you couldn't wait till it was paid in full so you could have that back. Or maybe you've taken out a loan for a car or you've had credit card debt. But isn't it a great feeling when that debt is paid in full? And what we realize at the cross is the only one who's worthy to sit in judgment made a judgment. And he paid the price for it. So you and I, there's no seat of judgment for us to even to, to be sitting any longer. We don't even have a place to say to somebody else, look, it was paid in full for me, but not paid in full for you. The, the cross actually keeps us, when we truly see the cross, the cross keeps us from becoming judgmental. And remember what we said, what Jesus is getting to here is that we have got to learn how to make judgment calls without being judgmental. We've got to be able to make calls about people's lives and about our own lives in a way that doesn't shame them, but actually can help them. Can you imagine for a moment how our relationships could be impacted if we simply started seeing everyone as equally in need of the canceled debt offered at the cross? If everybody that you and I came in contact with, which over the next couple of weeks is mostly going to be our family, if we began to see the people in our lives as equally needing the cross just like we did, that all of us are in equal need. All of us had, had a debt that had to be canceled. And all of us heard the words, it is finished. If we could live like that with our eyes on the cross, I'm telling you, that would fill us with grace and it would enable us to become experts at giving and receiving grace. And right now in our society with what we're going through, let me tell you, we've got to become experts at giving and receiving grace. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. If we're going to judge, we need to judge with our eyes on the cross, right? Because the cross keeps us from becoming judgmental. But we also need to judge with our hearts full of grace. So if the cross keeps us from being judgmental, then grace keeps us from becoming critical. I don't mean critical like in the, in the sense of using critical thinking skills. I trust that all of us are able to do that. But critical in the sense of, listen to this, being overbearing and unrealistic in our expectations of others and then being too easily offended when those expectations aren't met. That's critical. And in verse two, Jesus continued, he said this, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Think about that. In the same way we measure it out, it will be measured back. What Jesus is telling us is like whatever you choose to use as your measure of judgment is the very measure of judgment that's gonna come back to you. I, I want to have a measuring cup full or measuring heart full of grace, right? And let me, let me show you why. There's an interesting verse in Luke chapter six. I love this. In Luke chapter six, there's the, the same passage, the same teaching that Jesus is sharing here in, on the Sermon on the Mount. It's shared in Luke six verses 37 to 38, but it's he, Luke, cause he's a physician, he goes into a little bit more detail. Do I have some doctors in the house, right? Like, yeah, we, we go in, sometimes doctors can go into a little bit more detail. So here's, here's what Luke adds. He says in verse 37, do not judge and you will not be judged. Don't condemn and you will not be condemned. 
Forgive and you will also be forgiven. Verse 38, this is the one I want you to get. You've probably heard this verse before. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, my guess is if you've heard this verse before, you heard it during an offering, you heard a pastor get up and say, hey, you need to give because in the measure you give, it'll come back to you. And if you give some, you'll get more back. But do you know in the context, Jesus is talking about relationships, period. And he's saying, look, whatever you give in a relationship, it'll be given back to you. Can I just encourage you with this true word? If you give judgment, if you give criticism, then judgment and criticism are gonna come back on you. Just like I judged Wendy's driving skills, and then a couple months later, that judgment came right back on me when coffee was flying everywhere and I backed into her mom's car, right? But, but the, re, the re, inverse is true as well, y'all, that if I give grace, then grace is gonna come back to me. And what this picture is, is a good measure. It's like take a jar and put as much grace in it and then press it down, shake it together to make even more space and then put even more grace in there so that it's running over. That's how it's gonna come back to you. If you give grace, that's how it will come back to you. I, I don't know about you. I don't wanna receive cold judgment. I don't wanna receive harsh criticism. I wanna receive that kind of grace and I want it to be the kind of grace that's running over. And here's what Jesus is saying. If I give grace, if I judge people with a heart full of grace, then I'm gonna receive grace back, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So let's, let's get practical as we finish this out. Our city and our state are gonna be facing a 30-day stay-at-home order beginning tomorrow. Now, I don't know about you, but this means a lot of families are gonna be living together in close proximity to one another. And here's what we know for a fact. The likelihood that over the next 30 days, we're gonna bump into each other and, and have some buttons get pushed intentionally or unintentionally, the likelihood of that happening has just skyrocketed to 100%. I can guarantee you that over the next 30 days, somebody is gonna push the button in you. Somebody's gonna bump up against you. Somebody's gonna say something. Somebody's gonna say, you're gonna be offended. You're gonna think that shouldn't happen. Something's gonna happen and you're gonna find yourself wanting to sit in that seat of judgment. You're gonna to wanna to suddenly get critical and instead of judging with an eye on the cross and a heart full of grace, you're gonna be so hurt and mad and angry and tired and impatient that, I mean, words are just gonna come out, right? This is real life, isn't it? So I wanna call you to, to a commitment. I wanna challenge you to do a plank exercise with me two times a day for the next 30 days. Now, I know what you're thinking. God, Paul, I hate planks. And I'm with you. I think planks could possibly have been invented by Satan along with burpees, but I'm not talking about the kind of planks where you get on the floor on your elbows and you, lock, you, know, you tighten up your stomach. And, and for me, like five seconds in, I'm shaking really bad. It's terrible. I'm talking about a different type of a plank exercise. I'm gonna ask you over the next 30 days two times a day to do an exercise that I believe will help us remove the planks from our eyes. And, and listen, Jesus wants that plank out of our eyes. 
because his heart is to help other people with the speck. See, a plank in my eye blocks my vision, but a speck, a spe have you ever had a speck of dust in your eye? Man, it hurts like crazy, y'all. And, and I can't see clearly to help somebody else get out of their pain. And so this, this plank exercise, two times a day, I'm gonna ask you to simply pray a prayer that's found in scripture. It's in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. And I'm gonna ask you for the next 30 days, starting tomorrow, set your reminders, right? Get out your app, set your app at 9.23 in the morning and at 9.23 in the evening. Get it, Psalm 139, 23 and 24. When 9.23 rolls around and your alarm goes off, your reminder goes off, I want you to, to just simply pray this prayer. Search me, God, and know my heart. See, test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Listen, if we make this our daily prayer, we're gonna find ourselves free of planks and full of grace and ready to help others see more clearly as well. Man, I, I love you guys. I'm praying for you as we go over the next couple, this next couple weeks that God would move in your heart. Let's pray. God, I just thank you right now for my family. I pray that you would bless them today, God, as they continue to worship you, God, as they continue to go through this day together, as they break bread and eat a meal together after this. Maybe they break out the growth guide and go through it. I pray that as we come closer together as families, that you would help us to be full of grace. God, that you'd help us to see clearly the cross and Jesus on the cross forgiving all of us of the sins that we had. And I pray the grace that we received there, we would give freely to those that need it the most. In your name, Jesus, amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in with us today. Our prayer is that God would bless you this week, that you would find yourself protected from disease and, and free from fear. Do not give in to the panic that is so prevalent in our culture right now. Be the one who carries grace and peace and mercy and hope and share it with the people that you meet. Y'all have a fantastic week.